0: Welcome to Numbers, News, and Nonsense, a sports podcast.
1: Welcome to the fourth episode of season two of Numbers, News, and Nonsense. We're your hosts, Brian. And Ryan.
0: And for those of you returning, welcome back.
1: And after a long hiatus, we are back for our second NFL season as a podcast, and we are ready to get rolling again. Season starts tomorrow, and we couldn't be more pumped, right, Ryan?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I first off, I'm a fan of your vocabulary. I didn't know you knew what hiatus means. <laughs> <laughs> Second off, I, I I don't know what better matchup we can have at the beginning of a season than the Bills and the Rams.
1: Yeah, I it's, don't. It's I don't. insane.
0: Maybe maybe the Falcons and the Giants.
1: That would that would keep me glued to my seat. It yeah. really would. Yeah. But speaking of the NFL season, we're going in right away. First topic of the new season is our preseason award predictions. We're gonna pick who we think top three award finishes, and we're gonna give you our number one, and some of them are the same, some of them are the different. we're going to start off with our MVP candidates and I'll start off with clearly one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the NFL today, Josh Allen from Buffalo bills. I think this year is his year. He's going to win MVP.
0: Yeah. Here's the thing. The only reason I have him on my personal win MVP too, is because he's probably the best QB in the league. Common sense, common sense, if you don't know that your head is as hollow as, give me something that's hollow. I don't know. I don't know. It's as hollow as it can be. Josh Allen, not 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 only is he spectacular, the weapons he has around him, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, you can even argue with Devin Singletary at that point. He has a talented team, talented roster. He's a young stud, and that's, that's that's what wins you more than MVPs. It's what wins you Super Bowls.
1: Yeah, and the Bills could definitely use a Super Bowl. I mean, after last year's loss against the Chiefs, pretty heartbreaking. And uh, it seems to me that everybody in the media, every fan base, pretty much thinks this is the Bills' year to do it. And Josh Allen could be the guy to put him right in.
0: Yeah, num number two, number two. Now I kind of switched it up a little bit. I was I was thinking Herbert. And then I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So then I'm like, you know what? I'll go, I'll go Joe Burrow. I might as well. I might as well make, make things a little uh crazy around here. I love his receiving core. Chase Higgins Boyd. I love it. in to have as your go to running back. I don't hate it. He He's underrated. They don't go the running game as much as they should. But, I, I mean, Joe Burrow has talented weapons. He improved his O-line in the offseason. And he's coming back because right now he wants another Super Bowl. And he wants to win it this time and not get sacked by Aaron Donald in the final seconds of the game. That was embarrassing. He doesn't want that again. So he's out for revenge and he's out for maybe even more than a
1: Super Bowl, maybe MVP. Yeah. And you mentioned my second guy uh, when you first started talking about Burrow, but I'm going with Justin Herbert, fellow member of the draft class 2020. Uh, I think the exact same thing you said with Burrow is going to happen with Herbert. I think the Chargers are going to win their division. I think. Herbert's going to throw for a crap ton of touchdowns. And I think he may even throw for 5,000 yards on the season. And I think that should put him up there. It's just whether or not he can beat out the likes of Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, even Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, for just statistics for quarterbacks. Because Rodgers and Brady last year did what no quarterbacks have done for the past, like, five years. So – maybe some of these young guys can step up and replace the old guys and kind of put up even higher stats. Maybe we see a 60-touchdown season this year. You never know with 17 games. So it's just interesting. But I think Herbert has a good shot. He's my number two. Very possible. Very possible.
0: Now, why don't you lead us off with your awful,
1: pathetic third pick? All right, all right. This is coming from a Browns fan. But, Don't make me vomit. Yeah, Don't make it's me coming vomit. from a Browns Hold fan. on, hold on.
0: Let me take some Tums. Let me take some Tums really
1: quick. <laughs> I have chosen Lamar Jackson oh, as my, my God. third oh, MVP my God. candidate. It's
0: like I just ate Taco Bell. I feel like crap because of what you just said.
1: I'm sorry. I think the Ravens are going to have a great year. I don't want them to. Trust me, I despise the Baltimore Ravens with everything in my body, but they're gonna win a lot of games. Lamar's gonna be the reason they win games. The question is though, what if he wins the MVP and the Ravens don't re-sign him because they want to be cheap with their money? We could see Lamar in a different jersey it by next year. It would be insane. But I think that's the other thing. Lamar's going to play great because with the opportunity of the Ravens not signing him, he could get crap ton of money somewhere else too. So I think he puts on great performance, does whatever he can to win, but also does whatever he can to boost up his contract.
0: I, I cannot wait to prove you wrong. <laughs> that's all I have to say on that. Now, a real candidate is Jonathan Taylor. There were talks about if he did play like he did in the second half of the season, all season, if they used the running game that much, he could have won MVP. More than offensive player of the year. I think now they have a QB back there that has more of a solid vet IQ, someone that can help improve Jonathan Taylor, not just in the running game, but maybe even in the passing game. And what, they have Michael Pittman out there, they're going to need to use Jonathan Taylor a lot more than you think. So the team's going to have to fall on top of his back. And that's why I think it, it should be one crazy season for him. And he can easily win MVP.
1: My only counter to that really is, like you said, they're going to have to run the ball a lot more. But they also have, uh, what? how do you pronounce his name? Naheem Hines. Yeah, Nahim Hines. And they also have uh, a couple other running backs in that running back room. I, I hear a lot of people talk really good about Naheem Hines. He was really good. Uh, and the Colts wide receiver room, I think there's two rookies in there. And then Paris Campbell hasn't really played a lot. And Michael Pittman, uh, we saw a little bit of him last year. And they're, they're really high hopes for him. But I agree, taking going to get the ball. And if he repeats – What he did last season, those, like, three straight games where it was, like, 200 yards, two touchdowns, imagine he does that the whole season. He could break LaDain Tomlinson's touchdown record. He could break possibly 2,000 yards on the season. So you never know. If that happens, then, yes, he does deserve MVP. But only – I think running backs can only win that award if you break a record such as touchdowns or rushing yards. Because Derrick Henry – had a great season that one year, and what? I don't even know if he finished top five in MVP. So I just don't think running backs can really win that award unless you're like a Hall of Fame running back, essentially.
0: Yet yet you have Lamar Jackson, a running back.
1: (laughs) True, I do have a running back. I do have a running back. I'd take Taylor over Lamar. At running back?
0: (laughs) Yes, at running back.
1: No, no, you got to put Lamar back there. Oh yeah, yeah. But speaking of offensive players, we're gonna to move to our offensive player of the year predictions, and uh, I'll start us off with Justin Jefferson as my number one candidate. Um, we saw Cup have his great wide receiver season last year. I think it's possible Justin Jefferson with Kirk Cousins both gonna be really good. I mean, they've been good. Uh, Justin Jefferson's rookie season was amazing. But I think his third year, I think third year is when uh, receivers typically break out. And it's possible that J.J. is going to have the same year as Cup, if not better. And I know Kirk Matt Stafford, but Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. And I think it's possible, especially with the teams they play this year, uh, it, it's going to be possible. So I think Offensive Player of the Year, Justin Jefferson.
0: It won't happen because um Kirk Cousins is awful. Alvin <laughs> Cook will come back healthy, so they can easily go the run game more than they used to.
1: What if he gets hurt though? You never know. If he gets hurt,
0: that doesn't change the fact that Kirk Cousins is awful. <laughs> now, if he doesn't win MVP offensive player of the year, Jonathan Taylor, I don't I don't I don't really have to explain myself there. So I'm just gonna move on to my second pick, Jamar Chase. Outstanding year last year as a rookie with Joe Burrow. I think that connection is going to really hit once again. And they're going to use that passing game a lot, just like they did last year, because, hey, they're like, hey, if it worked last year, it got us to the Super Bowl. Why not do it again? Why not use Chase that much more? And that's exactly what they're going to do. And he'll be set up for touchdowns, hundreds of passing yards, maybe even a game, thousands of passing yards, throughout the season, maybe, who knows, I think
1: Jamar Chase
0: stands a huge chance at Offensive
1: Player of the Year. Yeah, understandable. Uh, I just think, I mean, I think Mixon's a really good running back. So I think, well, like we talked about uh, after the Super Bowl, me and you in our post-Super Bowl, we talked about how the Bengals should have been giving the ball to Mixon the entire season, and he was kind of on and off, and, That may have been the reason they lost the Super Bowl, and I think they're going to change that. They built up that offensive line, not only for Burrow, but also for their run game, and I think it's going to take away. Not to mention you have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, like you were talking about, good receiving core uh, for Burrow, and I think he's going to spread it out. And I actually – I'm going to agree with you about your MVP. I think Burrow has receivers he can spread it out to, and it reminds me a little bit about Peyton Manning. With the Broncos, he had so many good receivers across the board. And not to mention Joe Mixon's going to be there receiving and running back. I think it takes away from Chase. But my second Offense Player of the Year prediction, second candidate, would be Cooper Cup. He had a – just listen, 145 receptions, 1,900 yards, 16 touchdowns. Hundred and fourteen point five yards per game. I I don't remember. I think he might have gotten like three uh, first place MVP votes last year, but probably should have gotten more. It's just if he he won offense play of the year, but he could have won MVP as well. And I think it's possible he does it again. Just relies on Stafford.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't see it happening again because, like I mentioned before, Matthew Stafford got this elbow injury that easily one bad hit could take him out for the whole season.
1: That's it. I don't even know who that
0: their backup is.
1: Oh, I don't even know either. I don't want
0: to think about it. <laughs> exactly. So one bad hit can ruin their whole season. Now, an- another, another uh, risky pick I'm going to go with is Christian McCaffrey. I know he's suffered injuries, but people are forgetting what on earth he can do. He is an outstanding running back when fully healthy, and he's going into the season fully healthy with a better QB than what he's had to deal with, like a San Darnold. He's going in with Baker, and Baker will rely – on McCaffrey a lot. The team will rely on McCaffrey a lot. And McCaffrey will have the same role Jonathan Taylor does. You have to be that number one guy that you can have everyone on your back. And McCaffrey will deal with it. And he will have an outstanding
1: year. Yeah, and I'll talk about McCaffrey a little bit later, but you go back to his last healthy season, which was 2019, three years ago. Okay, three years ago, but his last healthy season, he put up 20 total touchdowns, 20 total touchdowns, 1,000 receiving, 1,300, almost 1,400 rushing yards. So that's over 2,000 yards of offense, 20 touchdowns. If he gets back to that, uh, man, just like you said with Taylor, that he could be an MVP – Offense player of the year, and we'll talk about it later, comeback player of the year in one season would be just ultimate revenge tour for McCaffrey after two seasons of bad injuries.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just something that people aren't thinking about because they see him as injury prone, which he may be. But like I said, fully healthy. I'm taking him possibly as my number one running back this year.
1: Yeah, and to finish up the offense player of the year, my third candidate is Stefan Diggs and it kind of goes hand in hand with Josh Allen and with the whole Jefferson. I think Jefferson and Diggs uh were in that trade and Vikings came away with Jefferson, Diggs to Bills. I think I mean they've both been doing great in their separate team, separate ways. But I think this season it's either going to be one or the other who pops off. And, I mean, I'm obviously thinking it's going to be Jefferson more, uh, but Diggs could be a really focal part of the Bills' offense. I mean, he was, and he clearly has the ability to be up there. Uh, he had – man, he had 1,200 receiving yards, 10 touchdowns last year. I think he can do better this year, and offense Player of the Year might depend on what other players do. It, now that I'm looking at it, he he might not have the talent to beat out Taylor, Chase, McCaffrey, Jefferson, and Cup. but he's a dark horse. I'll say that. He's my underdog for Offensive Player of the Year.
0: He won't win it.
1: I, I can <laughs> promise you that right now. He's just not going to
0: win it. Hey, he might. He might. I, I can promise you. Let's go on to um defensive player of the year. Cuz let me tell you, let me ask you this. What wins games? Well, Def- offense defense. wins games. Defense, defense wins, wins championship. Games. Defense wins games <laughs> every day of the week. And starting with that defense, one player you're going to want on it is Miles Garrett. Outstanding season last year. Last couple games, sure, he uh, jumbled up and down a little bit. That's how it's gonna be. Jadavian Clowney is back, and he is mad. He wants that ring. We we all we all saw him say it. Having him on the one side and Miles Garrett on the other side sets both of them up for very successful seasons. And Miles Garrett, being the young legend that he is. He, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if he walked away with Defensive Player of the Year this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all.
1: For me, looking at Miles Garrett, uh, you said it a little bit. Um, he always seems to build up a bunch of sacks and then kind of take the last couple games of the season off. And it happens every year. He'll get up to like eight or nine. And then for the last six games of the season, he'll probably throw together two total sacks. And sacks aren't everything, but when you're talking about an edge rusher of his level, I mean, pro bowler, first team, all defense, sacks are everything. And he has increased sacks every year since 2019, increased his tackles. He went down in forced fumbles last year, uh, went up in quarterback hits. I don't see him as a defensive player of the year, but I do think he does end up getting that first-team all-defense again. Uh, It's just last year happened. We were putting him and TJ Watt together, and then TJ Watt ended up getting like two sacks a game compared to Miles Garrett, who Steelers' game was absent against uh, whatever guy they threw out there last year in that last game. The Steelers tackle was he played like three games in his entire career, and Miles Garrett did not touch the quarterback once. And the quarterback was a ninety-year-old Ben Roethlisberger who couldn't move more than one mile an hour, and Miles Garrett was not able to get a sack. So I just was a little disappointed, a little bitter about it. But
0: hold up, hold up, hold <laughs> on. let me let me tell you two things. First thing, when you say the end of the the last couple games last year. Like we both said, he kind of jumbled up and down a little bit. That happens, but let me let me ask you this: In the second half of our season this year, what's going to happen?
1: The we are going the to have
0: we are going to have all the energy that I've ever seen because Deshaun Watson will be playing. Yeah, literally, literally, Browns fans are waiting for that moment, and. That, that'll be a perfect time for the Browns players because all the Browns players will be pumped. They've all been talking positive about him and everything. They'll all be pumped for him to come in and play. And that's when the energy re... re uh, I don't know, re-comes back, if that even makes sense. But energy won't go away at all this season, I don't think. Second off, what was the big reason TJ Watt won last year? Cam Hayward. What can... Jadavion Clowney beat a Miles Garrett, the Cam Hayward to T.J. Watts. easily, easily. Cam Hayward got in there every single time. I see Clowney doing the same thing, and we know My- we know what Miles Garrett can do. We've seen what he can do. We've, we've seen how seen. crazy he is. We've seen we've seen him go up against three linemen and take them all out and still get the sack, still get the forced fumble, everything. We've
1: seen it. This is his season. So do you think? Do you think he just? Does nothing for the first uh games and then goes off in the last five. No, no. Every every season begins does. with
0: energy. Every season begins with energy. You have to understand that. Now, halfway through the season, some players, the energy just kind of goes up and down, maybe because of the record, maybe because of injury, who knows. But midway through the Browns season, Deshaun Watson is coming in and they'll be pumped. They'll be pumped to see what he can do if 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 he can bring in wins if they can get into the playoffs, and that's when the energy comes back. The energy stays there the whole season. There's there's, there's nothing you can do that takes the energy away from this season besides injuries or just misperforming.
1: Yeah, I just – I mean, the season he went to the playoffs, he kind of did the exact same thing. He slacked off near the end of the year. So it was just – I mean, in the last five games he had – two and a in the last six games he had two and a half sacks and i don't know it was just we we were a 10 win 11 win team going in the playoffs and he was just not there so i just don't know if he he really doesn't have the energy like you're talking about maybe it'll change maybe it'll change i i don't know it's just and last year it started off with uh the bears what did he have he had He had four and a half sacks against the Bears and then really didn't do anything for the rest of the season. So it was just really disappointing from first team, all defensive end. Like, I don't know. I'm just not – I like Miles. Trust me, I like Miles. I just don't – I don't think he's up there with guys like my number one, Micah Parsons, who's in his second season and got votes for Defensive Player of the Year as a rookie. I just don't think it's there.
0: Now, first off, Miles Garrett is up there. You must be on some type of medication if <laughs> you think not. I don't know what medication you're taking, but Parsons. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Parsons is insane too. We've seen what he did his rookie season. When you go top three in Defensive Player of the Year candidates, your rookie season on the Cowboys on the Cowboys' pathetic defense, you're special. If you can do something amazing on the Cowboys, you're special. That's common sense. They don't have much of that. And he's a big, big reason why that defense worked way better than it used to for the Cowboys. That's why he's my number two.
1: And now I actually have both the Bosa brothers, two and three. Uh, Nick, Nick first, Joey second. But I see you have a Bosa. What Bosa are you talking about? Bosa the Bosas. Bosa the Bosas? <laughs> of the Bosas. All right. Well, No,
0: no, no. Joey Bosa.
1: Oh, Joey. Okay. The
0: Chargers defense improved tremendously. We can agree with that with James and Khalil Mack coming in. Yeah. So you can do one of two ways. You can send in Bosa with the Blitz and keep Khalil Mack back in zone. Or you can send Mack in with the blitz and keep Bosa back. Bosa's the younger guy. He's the faster guy. He's the one that could get to the QB faster. I see him blitzing way more than he used to because he used to have to just stay back and cover the whole area because they didn't have anyone else talented and anyone anyone else with enough experience. They brought in Khalil Mack. We know the type of player Khalil Mack is. He He's, he's sure, he's aged a little bit but he's done great things on the Chicago Bears. Like, like, I, like I was talking with Parsons on the Cowboys, you have to have that type of specialness in yourself. Cleo Mack has that, and he's bringing it to the Chargers. Stacked defense. Stacked defense.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, I have Joey there too. Same thing, same reason. Chargers defense, I think is going to be, good i mean you got herbert on one side and then you got bosa mac james i mean everybody is on the other side of the ball and i think that's why joey's there and then nick's there because the 49ers defense has been knocking down offenses for the past what three years since they were in the super bowl they were like the number one defense and they've just continued i don't know how they've done it but even with jimmy g at quarterback like their defense is just stayed in the top 10 defense and i think nick bosa finally has like a great year i i can't remember what his i think his rookie year was his best no actually last year 15 and a half sacks last year after being out he got that acl tear in like the second game so this is only going to be his third like official season which is insane because i feel like he's been in it way longer and then Joey on the other hand, Joey had ten and a half last year, so his brother beat him. Um
0: But you have to look at it. I mean, the Chargers didn't have as great a defense as the 49ers, especially defensive line.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean you, that's you one pretty much run them at different playoffs. positions too. Yeah. They did miss the playoffs, definitely, because their defense wasn't as loaded as it's going to be going in the season.
0: I think people are underestimating it. People aren't thinking. Their noggins are empty, like I mentioned before, because not not just the Chargers' defense, the Chargers' team in general is just stacked. It's stacked. I think it all relies on Justin Herbert, and I completely believe in him. yeah we, we can talk about that later. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah.
1: A lot to talk about there. But moving on to the rookies and... This rookie class was really interesting this year. Um, but starting with offensive rookie of the year, I got I got Ohio State receiver, Chris Olave for the Saints. He's gonna be catching passes from Jameis Winston, who we got to see Jameis Winston 2.0 with the Saints for a limited time. And Jameis Winston 2.0 was a pretty good quarterback. And not to mention Chris Olave can get open. He can burn receiver or he can burn corners um and he can get open we saw him at ohio state and i'm excited because these ohio state receivers just keep pumping out and they all turn out to be great not to mention the other ohio state receiver michael thomas like they're saints are somebody to look at but we'll talk about that i just think chris olave he's got the talent and he's got the quarterback to win offensive rookie of the year
0: yeah i don't i don't hate the pick it's just that the the offense is the offenses. Is, is I mean, you can you can argue it's pretty stacked too with Kamara, um, Michael Thomas, Alava himself, Jarvis Landry. It's not even a bad offense. I just don't think he'll get enough target share to win offensive rookie there. the That's why I'm picking Drake London because who on earth is there to throw to besides Kyle Pitts and Drake London in Atlanta?
1: Cordell, or Patterson. The goat Cordell Patterson. Cordell yeah. pa- I understand,
0: <laughs> but he'll be used more as a running back type of guy instead of yeah. a receiver, especially because he's so old. Yeah. Not so old, but oldish. So, I, I mean, just because of the target share, I'm saying Drake London.
1: Yeah, and I actually, Drake London is my third for offensive rookie of the year. Uh, Kind of the same thing. It's going to be, I mean, we're assuming Mariota Mariota's starting. So it's going to be Mariota trying to find receivers. And then they bring in Ritter. They could have that rookie-to-rookie connection, Ritter to London. And then Pitts is really going to be the only offensive stud. And the Falcons are going to lose a lot of games. So I'd imagine a lot of these games. So fantasy was. Yeah.
0: I mean, they know they're going to lose. But you got to see what he can do to make sure that he's the right guy. See what you want to do in the next draft.
1: Yeah, definitely, and uh, that's kind of leading me to my second uh, guy for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, I'll do my second, and then you can get two and three, but Jahan Dotson, uh, wide receiver, Penn State, uh, got drafted by the Commanders, and he is – I I loved him in college. Penn State received really, really athletic. Same thing, I they have Terry McLaurin, but – Terry McLaurin isn't going to get all the ball, and they also their running back situation is weird. Antonio Gibson sucks. Um, Brian Robinson just shot. So I think they're going to be passing a lot more, especially with Carson Wentz. See uh, a resurgence from Carson Wentz, but also Jahan Dotson is going to get the ball a lot in his rookie season, and it's going to start on Sunday because they're playing the Jaguars, and the Jaguars are probably going to get up pathetic. Yeah, they're going to give up a bunch of yards off pass. I know black. that. Because Trevor Lawrence is awful.
0: Next pick
1: for me. <laughs> Garrett
0: Trevor, Lawrence Lawrence
1: doesn't play, Trevor Lawrence doesn't play defense. <laughs> oh, no, he sucks. Garrett Wilson,
0: athletic freak of nature. There's not many other weapons on the Jets. Maybe Corey Davis, you can argue, a couple other guys. But you, you took Garrett Wilson with your first-round pick this year. You have to have hopes in him and you have to see what he can do, like we were talking about Dotson. Um, I mean, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird at the QB situation because Zach Wilson is either injury prone or hanging out with his teammates' moms or something. Cause he's weird and everything. But um I, I don't I don't know where the chemistry is gonna hit, but I know that Garrett Wilson will be there. He'll be aggressive, he'll be very physical. And hit, I think he'll have a shot at offensive rookie of the year just because he knows how to play the game right. Ohio State receiver, like we said, he knows how to he knows how to get aggressive, how to get physical, how to get into the game, and that that's that's what that's why I picked him. That's why I picked him.
1: Yeah, and uh, those Ohio State receivers, like like I talked about with Olave, I'm excited to see Olave and Garrett. And I know me and you before the draft were actually talking about which ones were better, and we just couldn't decide. They were both great, and I think we leaned more towards Alave, but Garrett has size, and he also has—I mean, all of these guys—crazy muscle. <laughs> yeah, he may be—he he may be, he may be <laughs> a DK
0: Metcalf that, that can catch. Oh, interesting! Interesting. Now my third pick, Traylon Burks. I, I say this because. The Titans, I, I don't like Derek Henry. I'm just going to say that. I just think that he's overrated. He's oh, he's talented, but he's overrated.
1: I think he's getting old, but we'll get to he that once the season starts.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was stupid for the Titans to trade away A.J. Brown like that. I think A.J. Brown has a lot more talent in him that hasn't been released yet that the Eagles kind of got a, a W with. But they got rid of Julio because of injury. I just said they traded A.J. Brown. They brought in Robert Woods, who's coming off an ACL here, and he's old. I I don't know what they expect from that. So I think besides the running game with Derrick Henry, who I don't think they could throw all their snaps on because of age, because of injury, they have to throw the ball to someone young that can run and just keep on playing because he's so young, and that is Traylon Burks. This, th- I, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen because it's Tennessee Titans. But it, it's common sense to think like, hey, this is the guy that should be getting the most attention, be getting the most catches, most passing to him because there's not really anything else on that team that can take the ball away from him.
1: Yeah, and I know you you touched on it and we'll we'll talk about it once we see it actually happen, but I think there's going to be a moment this season where the Titans start to realize they can't rely on Derrick Henry anymore. Uh especially after that uh that injury and then what didn't he like have a bad playoff game or something? Uh, he
0: came he came for the playoff game against the Bengals and it yeah. was just pathetic. I'm pretty Great. sure it fumbled, too. It was just pathetic.
1: Yeah, and I think there's going to be a time where they just can't run the ball. And like you said, he may be the only person who can score with them. And right,
0: common sense should yeah. say he should win offensive rookie of the year. But like I said, I just wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't shock me if he doesn't because it's the Tennessee Titans.
1: Yeah, I mean, and if you Arkansas, anytime he got the ball, it was just a blur. Like he's really fast, really athletic and i remember i think he took he took a kickoff back or a punt back and then i heard his name called in the draft and i was like i didn't realize he was this good and turns right. out he jumped up the draft board like i mean speed killed like it's what you need in the nfl and he also has everything else to go with it
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it could it could be a steal the steal of the draft but the the one other thing quickly i got to mention is like i like i said Another reason why I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't win it, I wouldn't be surprised if people just didn't know his name halfway through the season, is because of the quarterback situation. Tannenhill doesn't want anything to do with Willis. Willis is just a young guy that just wants a chance. Tannenhill doesn't want to help him, help him improve or nothing because he doesn't want to lose his starting job. But halfway through the season, this team could be so bad that Tannenhill just rides the bench and they say, you know what, let's see what Willis can do, and they throw him in.
1: I I actually agree with that. I think, I don't know. I think the Titans are going to collapse this year. I don't think it's going to be a normal Titans season. I think they bench Tannehill and I think they move away from giving Henry the ball 30 times a game. It's just not feasible anymore. They
0: just, they don't just bench Tannehill. I can see if things fall apart so quickly, I can see a possible
1: trade in the mix. Possible, possible. We'll, we'll remember that because that, very well could happen. Very well. the yeah, add,
0: add, add, add that
1: to the quotes. Oh, the quotes? Okay. Oh, the quotes. <laughs> um, but next up, that was offense. We're going defense rookie of the year. Uh, starting off number one, Sauce, Ahmed Sauce Gardner. I, I keep forgetting he actually has a first name, and it's not just Sauce. Um, but. He, in the preseason, didn't give up a touchdown and he was, what, barely targeted or something. I think he's going to build a reputation and he's going to kind of get like Jalen Ramsey-esque where teams don't even throw the ball to his side of the field. Darrell Revis, where they don't even line up their receiver on the side of the field with him. I think people are going to get scared and I think he has a really good shot at winning. I mean, not going to win any games with the Jets, but winning an award.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's my third-round pick. I called him so going so early in the draft because I think he's underrated. I think he's, he's a secondary guy that you want in your secondary. Common sense. Now, um, I, I got to say, Aiden Hutchinson should win Defensive Rookie of the Year because I, I, I honestly think he's going to just completely – feast on the lions feast on them and i don't know if it's me just hyping up the lions so much and loving them so much for some reason but i i just i just see him popping off just like the rest of the lions team does
1: yeah i'm i, I don't know i'm not i'm high on the lions not high on aiden hutchinson just yet um, because i actually think Kayvon Thibodeau for the Giants is going to be a much better and a much more – they they said he was NFL ready uh, like three years ago. And I think he's not even going to need to warm up to anything. I think he's going to come out, be athletic right away. And actually, I think we were just talking about him. Is it the, the Giants and the Titans play? Yeah, Giants and Titans. I think Thibodeau could start off the season with two sacks and a forced fumble against Tannehill this weekend. I ju- I just think he's he's a pretty bad guy. Like on the field, he's he's quick, fast, and I don't know. He's scary to me. Scary.
0: Yeah, don't get too afraid. How
1: long <laughs> coming up? So,
0: um, I I gotta say, second pick. I already said Aiden Hutchinson will win it. Gardner comes in third. Second is. How do, you, how do you even say it? Stingley? Stingley? Sting, how do, do you, think how do you I think I want to say Stingley. It. It, it doesn't even matter how you say his name, but I better learn it because he is going to be solid. He is. He is. I also I also thought he'd be going early in the draft. um, But being on the Texans, the only reason why he could not be as known as much is because the Texans don't really have any solid players around him. So he's kind of got to like go more than 110%, maybe 111%, to just jump above the rest of the rookies, jump above the rest of the team, show what he can do, and have a solid start to his career.
1: Yeah, and uh, you talked about him going early. Uh, He had to be, what, third third overall by the Texans. Uh, But Stingley, along with Thibodeau, they both – I swear, I we were I think we were in, like, eighth grade or freshman year, and they were talking about these two kids, Thibodeau and Stingley, when they were in high school. They were like, these guys are going to be drafted top five of the NFL draft, and that was, like, four or five years ago. It was amazing. Now, I mean, Thibodeau, five, Stingley, three. Like, it's just amazing how they predicted those guys, and now we just got to see them put their money where their mouth is, really, and just – play good in the NFL and I think Stingley's great I played LSU and what he I think he's another one like Gardner barely gave up any touchdowns it was amazing in college
0: yeah just just someone you want in that backfield
1: yeah that you can't
0: complain about and that's exactly what it is
1: but my third candidate for defensive rookie of the year is a big old boy Jordan Davis big old boy he is huge And you're going to put him in the already good Eagles defensive line. And (laughs) I don't know if anybody watched, you know, Georgia win the national championship last year, but Jordan Davis. Now that's a scary, I thought Kayvon Thibodeau was scary. Jordan Davis is a scary man. I don't know what they said his weight was, but let's see. They say he's 6'6", 340 pounds. But then you see a picture of him next to some of the players on the Eagles, and they look like they're middle school football players. It's insane. I'm excited to see what he can do. And it's not
0: like he's a slow guy; like he can no, move
1: he's quick.
0: Huh. Um, let, let's move on to comeback player of the year. Now, my I'm just going to say two of mine: Christian McCaffrey, Jameis Winston. I already explained everything that I needed to explain with them. So they're obviously in my comeback player of the year. Now, my third one is Saquon Barkley. He has been injured the past couple seasons. Not, not only that, he is on the New York Giants with Daniel Jones as his quarterback, with Kenny Galladay being paid the most in that wide receiver core and not scoring a single touchdown all last season. So I think... To save some of these offensive players' jobs like Daniel Jones, like Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley is going to go into the season and be that energetic guy that, that people, like, like Christian McCaffrey, like I said, people forget what on earth this player can do just because of injury. I get it. Injury prone, it sucks. It really does. But he's coming back to the Giants. Maybe he could spark a little bit of something, Maybe he can help them get to five or six wins instead of two to three wins. <laughs> Who knows? But last year, they were in the most pathetic division. The division has, I mean, you can still argue it's pretty pathetic. I'm not a fan of the commanders. I don't, I'm just not. Uh, the Cowboys did nothing in the offseason but get worse. The Eagles didn't improve. So I'm not saying they're going to go number one in the division. Oh, gosh, no. No, no, no. I'm not that crazy. But Saquon could – I mean, he could just win comeback player there. He can do amazing things. Let's just say that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. He's not one of mine, but I do believe Saquon is primed for a good season, a comeback season. Uh, But my actual number one comeback player of the year is going to be Christian McCaffrey, and you have him too. I think we already talked about him with the whole offensive player of the year, but McCaffrey healthy should win this award just because of what he's gone through the past 2 seasons. He had like he had a big injury and then like minor injuries and then all of a sudden it turned into they said he was going to miss like 3 weeks and then he missed the whole rest of the season. Shut him down, Panthers were horrible. He comes back and just goes off. He's winning this award. And now My second one is actually his quarterback and a familiar face for us. Browns fans. uh, Baker Mayfield, the comeback player of the year really has no ruling on what exactly it means to be the comeback player of the year. Uh, The odds show players who have been hurt players who just didn't play or players who sucked. And we talked about this a little bit, but Baker is Baker's in the middle had a not so great season last year due to a shoulder injury and he played through it. He didn't miss any, he missed games because of uh, COVID, but he did not miss games. And it's one of those not injured, but more like better situation. And I believe Baker has the tools like Christian McCaffrey to have a good season and maybe win that comeback player of the year. But I think it's not possible if you have McCaffrey because McCaffrey will end up winning it over Baker.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I see them both. The, this is a pretty tough year for to try to predict who the comeback player of the year is because these players, like I keep saying, people forget what they can do. And if they all come back and do what they used to do, it could be a spectacular year for the NFL in general.
1: Yeah, and actually my third... Comeback player of the year candidate is Jameis Winston, the guy that you talked about. Uh let me just let me just say this. Thousand yards, fourteen touchdowns, three interceptions. That was Jameis Winston's last, last season. Through seven games, he was five and two with those stats, and he got hurt. And now people are saying he's not gonna do that? After what? It just makes no sense. He started off the year, what did he have, five touchdowns against the Packers in that first game? And we were going nuts talking about how he could be MVP. And it just didn't stop after that. He kept going, and he was a good quarterback. Not the quarterback that we saw in Tampa Bay with 30 interceptions. It was just interesting. I think he really has a good shot at this because he was hurt.
0: Yeah, and he didn't have as talented a offense that he does this year. Let's let's move to uh, an interesting one. Coach of the year. Now, I'll I'll start off with my first one. And I think it realistically is an obvious one. I'm going to go with McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. it's Sean McDermott already has a talented roster, so I'm not saying that he's going to be a great coach this year. I'm saying the roster is going to make him seem like a great coach. That what they came from last year, having such a disappointing ending to their season... They could come back this year and win the whole thing, and he'll seem amazing when realistically we don't know if he's amazing because the roster is so good. So I have him winning half and half, half because his intelligence and his coaching, and then half the roster.
1: Yeah, but for me, my coach of the year, you have him as your third, but it's – it's gonna be Dan Campbell from the Lions. If no, let me let me let me rephrase this. When the Lions win over eight games this year, and possibly come in second in the North, uh, Dan Campbell is gonna win this. And if you don't watch Hard Knocks, Dan Campbell, anything he says on Hard Knocks, he's been saying since he got to Detroit, and it's really just he will fight for his players and his players will fight for him they won what what did they win like two games last year normally uh coaches who win two games get fired or get demoted or go somewhere else they're sticking with dan campbell and even if they don't do good this year i think they're going to stick with dan campbell because he is a players coach who the players really like and will fight for and it's going to be a big reason why they win games this year
0: yeah, they won 3-13 and 13 last year. So Sheeps. one more game than you thought.
1: <laughs> one more.
0: But um, the only reason I don't have him number one, I have him number three, is because I think they will win a solid eight games, but it just won't be enough to say, hey, you deserve coach of the year. Because realistically... <clears throat> Crap! Realistically, a team that wins like eight games typically don't have their coach winning coach of the year.
1: True. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's about situation. I think after the three and thirteen season, I think or three and three and thirteen was it or three and fourteen?
0: Three and thirteen and one
1: one time. Oh, one, I forgot. Wasn't it against the Steelers? Yeah. <laughs> Man, so, yeah, we forget about that. And so that means they could have had one more win, you know, four wins on the year. But my second coach is actually Shanahan. And I, I say this a lot, but the 49ers, I think, are going to be good. And Shanahan has been there for so long. And – They went to the Super Bowl with him, and really nothing has changed about his coaching other than whether or not Jimmy G can actually throw the ball to the right team. Uh, But besides that, he's done a great job as a coach. So I think the 49ers shock a lot of people this year, and Shanahan gets credited with Coach of the Year.
0: Very possible, but something that's more possible is the Chargers coach – Brandon Staley winning coach of the year. Kind of like the same reason McDermott, the roster, the roster. It's so talented that it's, it'll be more difficult to lose than to win at that point. It'll make you seem so great when we don't know if you're so great, but Hey, it makes you seem it. So, I mean, why not give you coach of the year at that point?
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of, kind of leading to, my third and that's a Nick Sirianni from the Eagles and I'm we're going to talk about it but the Eagles are somebody who we probably should be talking about more Um, I think a lot of people kind of sleeping on them I think a lot of people are really high hopes for them and I think I'm buying into the Eagles are going to be good this year and if they are good which what I'm thinking is upwards of 12 wins, Nick Sirianni, he might get that coach of the year. Just like uh, Mike Vrabel did last year when the Titans won, what they win, 13 games or something? like, But yeah. Vrabel got coach of the year. And I think, like you said, it's kind of impossible to win coach of the year when you get seven, eight wins. You kind of got to get those high double digits, like 12, 13, 14, and that's how you win
0: yeah I mean I like the Eagles they did nothing but improve their roster this off season and it's not even that they have to win twelve games this year It's just that they have to beat out the Cowboys commanders and Giants how hard can that be they have the most talented roster out of those four teams. how hard can that be
1: yeah and like we were just talking about I'm looking at the past uh looking at the past coach of the years really I think. I think the number the lucky number is 11 wins. I'm not seeing anybody from the last 10 years who's had up oh, Bengals 2009 10 and 6. I think you got to win at least 10 games and you got to make the playoffs that's for sure. So any team that makes the playoffs with 10, 11, 12 wins for coach of the year and we'll probably be talking about that mid-season too. Oh, yeah. But now we move to the big prediction, preseason prediction, and that's our Super Bowl prediction. So however many months, let's see. We are in September, October, November, December, January, February. February? Yeah, February. So what is that? Five and a half months from now will be Super Bowl season. Very, very quick math. (laughs) Very quick. Very had to much. count on my fingers for that one. Oh, there we go. But five and a half months is going to be the Super Bowl. So let me just hear it. Super Bowl prediction right now.
0: Five and a half months until the Chargers beat the Forty Nine ers twenty seven to twenty four. Game winning field goal. Game winning field goal.
1: Who is that? Badgley. Badgley is their kicker, yeah. I believe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Game winning field goal.
1: See, I have more of more of a little bit of last year's game. I have Bills beating the Rams 31 to 17, a little bit like the Bengals Rams game last year, but the Bills tack on an extra touchdown and Josh Allen wins a Super Bowl on top of his already MVP award and the Bills finally get their Super Bowl after losing four straight Super Bowls. Lost. Besides besides Drew Lock propaganda, uh, that's pretty much all we got to say today
0: yeah 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 we will talk to you next time on numbers news and nonsense